This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Rabbi Peretz podcast. We've been talking about Shabbat, and we've been trying to discover different angles that are relevant to the experience that we're having today, 2019-20, trying to get to this place where it's not just a Jewish ritual or something nice in our lexicon, but an actual utility to help you get somewhere in your life and to find clarity in your life. And we spoke about it from different angles, from pleasure and from rest and from all forms of like human experiences that need thought and development. And I was hanging out Friday night with my good friend, Jack. And I said, Jack, you got to come on and discuss this question that we're having, this discussion Friday night. So I'm here with my friend Jack Dreyfus to discuss what we were discussing Friday night and bring it to the forefront. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think the inspiration for this podcast was always, how do I take some of the conversations that I get to have with awesome people in Venice Beach and before the San Francisco and bring them out to the open to the other parts of the, you know, I speak with many people, but I don't get to have every conversation with everyone. And we have some great conversations over the years, so yeah. I'm so excited to bring uh, a little bit out to the open. Official. We're the, making it official. We're making it official. Yeah. Yeah. So our conversation was about Shabbat, and you have an interesting origin with Shabbat. You mm -hmm. grew up having a strong Shabbat experience when yep. growing up in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So when he came to San Francisco, it was a little different. And we started, we, my wife and I, Miriam and I, started hosting you very often for Shabbat. And uh, I think at the time, that was like you getting back a little bit into it with us. So what was that like? Yeah. So um, I think that Shabbat has certainly evolved, uh, especially for my generation, the millennials, as sort of tech has advanced. So the interesting thing about coming to San Francisco and sort of advancing the technology uh, that we have, it also sort of can both make life easier so as to not need the things that would sort of break Shabbat, so to speak, like, you know, driving or um, uh, and needing to use money for things. Um, but now that we're sort of living in a world where um, we are so connected all the time, um, it, I think, seemingly is harder and harder to disconnect. And so this idea of Shabbos, and this is what we just spoke about before, I've been increasingly interested in it because I'm sort of, you know, resurfacing and, and, and rejoining that, that tradition, that ritual, um, partly because I feel like every single day I'm so connected from the moment I wake up and grab my phone to the sort of way in which I communicate with the world, I'm always plugged in. And so this idea of unplugging and having a good reason, right? No one's going to question your religious reasons, at least nowhere that, at least not in Venice. Um, you can have a religion for anything, right? Um, uh, San Francisco, well, I'll reserve my opinion on that. Uh, they're a little bit more selective about what's right and what's wrong. Here, it's anything goes. I mean, Let's just look. Yeah. Let's just look around. And and I think it's a great place for us to quote experiment with these Jewish ideas because it's in friendly confines and experimentation is is actually the best word I'd sort of use for Venice. And you know, for as much as there might be crazy experimentations, I mean, you're living in a in a house that was once an experiment, right? A, a former church of an individual. Yeah. And so I think that there's this embrace and, and it's very obvious of sort of anything goes, which can be scary, but also a lot of interesting things can happen. People do find unplugging to be somewhat worth a worthwhile interlude to what Chavez is and how it has value. My challenge with that has been 
that unplugging could be done any day. You know, you just hit a day where it's like, that's it, enough. And if you have a tech job, for example, they'll usually let you just take off oh, any day of the week. They unlimited don't need you vacation to is uh, right? limited. Unlimited vacation is is the norm now. So, and and if you're going on a retreat, uh, a Vipassana retreat, and you know Tulum in Mexico, no one's going to bat an eye at that. So, if you say for a day I'm keeping Shabbos, how are they going to? What's the difference? Yeah, and therefore because of that, that's why. <sighs> I don't you really use the unplugging argument that much with my cell of Shabbos because I feel like that's not unique to Shabbos at a certain point. It's unique to our generation trying to figure out the balance and the relationship with their tech devices. So I think unplugging is like this conversation, which like I think people are having without me. Mm. And then they're coming and like, okay, if I unplug, why should Shabbos be what I plug into? Well, what, how do I connect to that? If I'm going to disconnect from the world and I'm going to plug into that, what's the reason for that? That's how I find the conversation to go on. So I'll say two things. I guess as you were sort of saying that, I was sort of visualizing. I was with a friend last night who, I kid you not, is a Jewish person. His name is Ryan Schindler. Uh, his last name is Schindler, and he's a Jew. I'm still trying to get to the bottom of it. He couldn't give you the answer because Schindler wasn't a Jew, right? The Schindler story. Okay, yeah. fair. All right. <laughs> then, well, maybe this is another podcast. But okay. Ryan Schindler, amazing guy investor in my company uh met him out here in la um i mean just he and i are are, are alter alter egos of, of this you know very sort of same uh, energy and um he has his phone uh you can turn your phone into black and white mode where basically it takes out all the dopamine from the colors that sort of mm. keep you being like oh new text oh facebook uh you know so if you turn it into black and white it turns out that Science is sort of early showing that you become, you know, less addicted to the screen itself. So when I think of unplugging, I'm literally thinking of the electronic version of it. So to your point, it's not about unplugging. It's about maybe even just taking a step back um, from what you're plugged into all the time and plugging into something else. And that something else is maybe a little bit more of what you're asking about, right? That yeah. sort of that sort of other side of life that I think now more than ever people don't really see anymore because they are always plugged in they are always sort of switched on right work is always you know in your pocket yeah everywhere I, in the I, world that, that's why the unplugging thing wasn't working for me and it's sort of like worked out where recently there was this article well-read article in the new york times about people going on dopamine diets mm. and uh trying to really so i was yeah, like I if i start marketing that, yeah. shabbat as unplug i'm not really being truthful because i'm not putting you on a dopamine diet on the contrary if you're listening to the previous <laughs> podcast that what shabbat is about pleasure and is about dopamine highs it's just not from the same areas of life that you're getting it during the six days of the week yeah sort of a, a shift in how you internalize what's happening around you yeah well i guess maybe let to take it back to basics maybe you can give me more of and i don't even know this fully what what are really outside of the sort of day of rest concept that we all sort of biblically know can you maybe talk about a little bit more what shabbos is well i i'd like to think that when we i talk about shabbos i talk about like re-experiencing the concept of creation itself like we get lost in the conversation of evolution versus any philosophy of creation, versus any ideals and understanding of, of how we got to where we got to in this day and age. What we need to just take stand is there's concept of energy and that energy turns into something material. That there's a point in time where there's no material, no physicality, and it's just energy. There's clearly some pulsating, vibrating, strong force out there that then turns into uh, an incredible explosion 
which results in our existence. Mm. Even Kabbalah, you could talk about it in forms of explosion of this kind of like this moment of splitting energy to create a vacuum for the Yud, the beginning of energy to start its development into something physical. And Shabbat is about getting back to that, meaning there's something peaceful and serene about energy. It's comfortable with itself. It is what it is independent of definition. It, it just, the energy is full of self-love and self-understanding and self-realization. And since Shabbat is a day that is not connected to the process of evolution or the process of creation, then what happens is on that day, we have an extra ability to tap into the stillness of our own personal energy. And that to me is the biggest part of Shabbos is you have to be able to have a time where you're able to tap into a form of self that is understood and felt independent of your external realities. If your identity is constantly understood through your external self, it's very difficult to really be in touch with yourself and really love yourself because what is that self? Is it what I've done and what I've accomplished and what I've connected to? I think often about artists, how artists are trying to give a message that's always the future and beyond and they have to push themselves so deeply in order to express this nuance because they're trying to express themselves independent of other artists and other experience and other realities. How difficult is that? Shabbos is there to create and nurture that experience. That's what Shabbos is here for. So I guess to maybe make it a little bit more, I always work best in understanding things through like sort of more concrete, you know, examples. This is the reason I never did well in school because I felt like, you know, the the, the geometric, you know, uh, uh, formula, the proof formulas for geometric shapes and calculus. I, I felt like, how does this apply to my life? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I never saw it. So I just never did it. Um, so to the extent that you can maybe translate that into more concrete examples, now I'm interviewing you, by the way. <laughs> uh, I, I, I for myself want to understand, because again, when I think of Shabbos, I think of an opportunity to like exist in a way that I think a lot of people are doing in these detoxes, so to speak, which is to exist in nature and to exist in like that sort of concept of like the creation. I, I see that, but like, let's maybe bring it back down to earth a little bit, maybe speak about and you know i don't know if you have any personal practices in shabbos that you do or you know is it sort of a is, is it a, is it a sort of consistent theme you know how, how do you sort of well, how do I, you bring this into the into the material world so i was thinking a lot about this in anticipation for our discussion and that that was that i know as what what i love about our conversations is always this like bring it to some more practical reality yeah like and and that 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 way of expressing yourself, I think, is why you you are successful in the way you are, is because you're always trying to bring it back to okay, what's the reality here? Right. And the reality here is in 2019, Shabbos represents a complete shift of how we engage with the world around us. I sometimes wonder how the Jews did Shabbos. I like thank my great grandparents for holding on to it because maybe in their lifetime there wasn't such a huge difference between weekday and Shabbos. There wasn't a lot going on in the shtetl, right? But for us, there's such a huge. Now we could get a live stream of the shtetl on our iPhones. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. Like, you know, they are, uh, so. Speaking of which, yes. my dad sends me a message: stream the synagogue live from Brooklyn. I'm praying for the <laughs> for right now. You could listen. Today's like, today's world and of what really adopting Shabbos is so it's like it's it's a, an alternative universe almost i mean it is a day in which we are literally so radically shifting the time we spend which is sort of sad to admit in a way it's, it's it, like it, it's like yesterday i was reading an article yesterday with shabbos like so that's why what's the, what, what's the first question everybody probably let me say one of the, okay. what do you think is the first question people ask when they go to a new building they've never been in before 
What do they ask the person that lives there? What's the wi- Wi-Fi password? What's the Wi-Fi password? Right? Just think about how that, that is like, so, like, now, you take that out of your vocabulary. Imagine if you went to somebody's house and you never asked that question. You never got on the Wi-Fi. Your relationship to that person is going to look a lot different than if you have access to this other world. You literally have connections to other worlds completely consuming you all of the time so that when you go from world to world, right, let's just call this you and I sitting here talking a world. I have all this optionality to go into all these other worlds. So where is there like any intimacy in that? And, and that's where I think Shabbos sort of has an opportunity to bring back this concept of intimacy, where you sort of have no alternative universe you can just you know ej- you know press a button and, and eject into. I think that in a way is what maybe Shabbos could mean. Yeah, I, I was reading Elie Wiesel's uh, description of Shabbos at the shtetl not too long ago, and one of the things you could see is that the shtetl life, they had to make Shabbos special. They had to, they had special Shabbat garments. During the week, they wore the same clothes for years. They had special Shabbat garments that they kept clean and special food that they only made then. So they created a habitat for Shabbos to feel different because of how, how limited they were. Today, we don't really need anything special. Yes, I do have special leopard print shoes that I wear on Shabbos. And, uh, Is it these ones? Uh, no, it's not these okay. ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I have, and I have uh, unlimited time for my children relative to the week. And there's certainly a huge shift, but the most basic idea is I'm living a different life. There's one life I'm living during the week, and then I'm just living a whole different life on Shabbat. Right. I only have what I have. I deal with what I deal with. And something recently has totally shifted within me, and I realized that a whole week I'm living in this like urgency to answer messages, to get back to that person, to get done what I said I'd get done, to always actively deal with these urgent notifications, let's call them. Right. And then on Shabbat, I only have what's important. Mm. I'm not dealing with urgency anymore, only mm-hmm. with what's important. Right. And that's what really has been hitting me lately on how different Shabbat is. Through these conversations, What I the words that have come to me is, now, all of a sudden, it's a day of only importance. My kid needs my attention. I'm not like, well, I got to run to the gym or I have somebody to speak to. No, he's there and I'm hanging out with him. Uh, there's somebody in my community. None of us are checking our phones. We're just, we're getting down to the conversations we say we're going to have all the time. Right. So that's been the biggest change for me, hmm. practically. I mean, I, I think that I, I'm going to maybe call it that if, if there's, I, if you built the right marketing campaign, I, I believe that you could probably get all of Venice to, to adopt Shabbos, no matter the religion or, or who they are. I mean, I think this concept of sort of uh, being into sort of coming into yourself and, and finding out what's important, I think that's what we're all sort of in the pursuit of anyway. It's sort of yeah. like in a way, it's like Shabbos is this sped up sort of way to get to a place where you're like, what am I really doing with my days in which, you know, I can do anything theoretically, right? There are no rules governing the ability to be connected, let's just say. And so in a world in which we're sort of all trying to figure out what are the important things, um, we're kind of all celebrating Shabbos in a, or we're, like, we're kind of like in a, in, in a different sort of set of language, we're all sort of celebrating or pursuing Shabbos. We're pursuing this idea of like what is really important. And so now what Shabbos does is it limits your ability to create all of these sort of paths to finding that. You sort of have to be like, okay, if, for example, staying in touch with certain people is important. A couple of people are probably going to have like, you know, the, the an extra key to your house if they really need to connect to you. But otherwise, it can wait, right? And so then it's like, okay, these people I know need to be able to get to me. The other people can maybe wait. And so this idea of sort of setting out, that, that's probably also saying out loud, like, hey, who are my, who are the people I really like versus sort of like versus don't really like at all. But, you know, at least we're all telling each other the truth finally. 
in a way, that's another way of it sort of explaining Shabbos. Shabbos can be truth because truth exists in that sort of like calculated, I need to think about what's important uh, sort of sphere or perspective. So um, I think the idea of getting all of Venice to celebrate Shabbos, because in fact, that's what we're doing on a daily basis is that pursuit of importance, truth, of existing in a singular sort of way is, is a bit of what I would maybe look at as it as. Well, ultimately it takes, it takes you to choose this and commit to it. Uh, there's this story I, I love uh, thinking about because I wish it happened to me. It's such an awesome story. The story is of this lawyer, Ben Brockman, who is uh, being solicited by Sean Combs, the rapper and mogul for some case. And, uh, and, and uh, he says, listen, Everybody who works for me has to be available for me 24-7. So give me all your numbers. I want your house number, your cell number, your office number. And Brofman goes, listen, great, 24-6. I keep Shabbos. Oh, I'm not, wow. not going to be available for you Friday night. And he's like, what if it's an emergency? He says, I have a system. I have assistants. They're not Jewish. You could talk to them. They know how to get a hold of me. I still have a fax machine. If I see a paper coming, I could read what's there. I have ways to keep my Shabbos, and I'm not picking up the phone. I don't do that. So that Friday night, the phone starts ringing. It rang a thousand times. <laughs> he said, and he just knew deep down that it was just John Combs calling. And anyway, Saturday night, he calls him back. And he says, listen, I'm sorry I didn't pick up, but I figured it wasn't an emergency. You could have faxed you assistance. We have a system. And he says, don't worry about it, man. You just made me 10 grand. <laughs> and he says, what do you mean? He goes, I bet with my guys that you would not pick up the phone. So they called you <laughs> a whole night and you didn't That's pick good. up the phone. That's good. So I always love that story of like, you know, important versus urgency over there. Right. If you live in urgency and Shabbos comes, you're picking up that phone because well. it's just like, I got to. But if it's only what's important, you'll start developing contingency plans for what's important. Well, you know, and important oftentimes, you know, for example, I, I know I grew up with uh, doctors who would have these special pagers, mm. um, you know, that, that they kept Shabbos sure. and that, that pager was only buzzed if it was a medical emergency, which as sort of the the rules go, right? Important a and urgent. Important and urgent. And that requires the ability to sort of uh, supersede or, or, you know, the, we the rules. We two children on Shabbat. I put my wife in a car and drove sure, to, sure. You know, to the hospital. So, so, that. so, and if you think about it, like, again, the, there's so many, and I remember when we first started learning back in San Francisco, some of the, like, I remember I kind of had my phase of meditation and sort of all this. And you're like, Oh, like, the Jews are way ahead of the game. We invented all that stuff. And you were explaining, you know. I was being well, I know, of course. You, you, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have expected anything else. Um, but what, what was the morning, what's the morning routine called? That you Modani. Said? Modani, yeah. So, and I, and I was like, and you explained it to me and I was like, oh, it's fascinating. The interesting thing about, if you think about when even just Shomer Shabbos, right? That has been the same, you know, verbiage I've known in terms of keeping Shabbos for my lifetime, let alone, I don't know how many years prior. Um, so it's like, in a way, maybe there's a language update just in terms of the way when people think about ancient biblical religious practices. I mean, people have associations with it that are so deeply rooted in like an alternative view of like what we're currently talking about probably, right? Like this idea of not picking up the phone, it's it's a foreign con, like, you know, if you think about it, like why why can't you pick up the phone? Well, what is it that the, maybe the electricity current could create the same fire in the temple? What's the actual like rules governing why you can't pick up the phone? I mean, it's it's about it's about manipulation of energy, fire, power, right? Etc. Okay, so right, so we won't need to get too deep into that, but just assuming that 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 energy creation is that of which sort of trips the rules, so to speak, right? 
Um, I think, again, maybe there needs to be a refresh on the way we talk about these things, because my understanding of it is, as, as a child, is, these are the rules. These are rules. Not that I want to do this thing to, to feel that yeah. thing we're describing, right? Well, so it's, it's kind of what inspires me to have these conversations is because I, if, I, and then, and let I'm me, not just holding on to not discussing them from a rules perspective. Yeah. I'm holding on to thinking, what's this going to look like in 30 years? I'm looking at that all the time. Right. Because we are just happen to be the first full generation indoctrinated in these technologically uh, web connected, connected people. What happens to the next generation after us in oh, thirty yeah. years? They're not. They're not the first. That they're just. I mean, in, what, this in, is you, their in, life. In, a, in a universe, if you've seen the movie Wall-E, when we're all just sort of these big blobs that you know float around on little energy pods. But that's the assumption that if Shabbat happens for the world seven days a week and everything's automated and working out, we're just slobs floating around uh, drinking Kool-Aid. And that's not Shabbos. I mean, the the the. The if you've there's a a movie that you know I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of him, but he's funny enough. Religious. Have you seen this Bill Mars movie? I haven't seen it. It's worth seeing. So you know, I'll kind of cut to the chase. He basically goes around. You know, he's also Jewish. Yeah, half Jewish, uh, as he describes. But um, he goes around sort of finding the kookiest people in every religion: Judaism, Christianity, uh, Islam. You sort of name it. He went around finding the people, saying, "I'm going to ride off on a white horse to heaven," and shake hands with Jesus and that's it. And you know, the, and then you see, he finds these, these Jews in Israel who've got this system where everything from like, you know, they've got like a ball that rolls around a track that will hit, turn things on in timed ways. And so at this hour, this light goes on and the oven goes on. And it's just sort of like, you know, they're following Shabbos. If you, I guess, technically went to a debate with them about it, right. but is that following Shabbos? Because you, you've already, you've already, you're trying to outsmart a system that's not meant to be outsmarted. It's meant to be embraced. To a certain degree, if you're doing your life differently than you are during the week, on one day of the week, you're doing some level of Shabbos. I mean, there's okay. something there's All right. Something I appreciate about, that. I'm glad you didn't just that. agree with me here. Well, I, well the reason <laughs> is, is, is like everything comes from some type of source. Uh, I used to hang out around this rabbi, Adin Steinsaltz, one of the great rabbis of our time. Uh, real, real, real genius, real worth looking up who he is and what he's accomplished. And he's an old man now, and he has this famous parable of where he used to give this class at Hebrew U, and there was this professor who wouldn't come, and he said, why won't you come? And he says, you, you don't understand, Rabbi. Every Shabbat, I sit down and I eat non-kosher food just to show that it's all worthless. And he said, wait, so you keep Shabbos differently than <laughs> me, you know, if you have a Shabbos ritual. So I, I thought that, okay. that that's a great psychological understanding of what Shabbos is as well. Like the biggest thing about Shabbos is not getting around the laws. The laws are going to happen for you when you're like, listen, I really think this day could do something for me. Rabbi, what else can I do to make this day really happen for me? That's how I can get in a conversation about law and how it functions. But if you come to me and you're like, listen, I want to keep shopping, I'm like, great, come for Friday night dinner. Like, leave your phone uh, on vibrate in your bag and come for dinner and we're going to drink wine and water and have great food and great conversation. And that's going to be your introduction to Shabbos. And then... If it's something that you're like, wait, if I did this regularly, if I did Thanksgiving dinner every Friday night, maybe I would have more gratitude. Maybe I would be more satiated. Maybe my pleasure would talk to me in such a deeply human way. And that to me is the most important introduction to this generation getting Shabbos. Because let me ask you, what happens in 30 years? 
your life is already so automated. It's going to continue getting automated to such a high level and such a high functioning level. You're working in the industry about automation yeah. and and having all the information. What happens in your life in 30 years? I mean, well, the good news and there's bad news, right? On the one hand, life could potentially get a lot easier in the sense that we're going to have a lot less stress to um, contribute economically, um, a lot less stress to, I mean, we have relative to the history, less stress about shelter and food more than ever, right? Less people are starving to death. Statistically, this is all provable. Is the world still hurting in many ways? Of course. I mean, you look outside where you live and then there's just the examples right there. Not everybody's being fully taken care of. So in a world in which we figure out the right balance of, you know, whether it be universal basic income or whatever, so that people no longer have to sort of do these uh, um, economic contributions, so to speak. Um, I'm of the fan uh, or, or of the school of thought that that'll make life a lot better. Now, I'm of course working on a company in this in this sort of realm of of, of finding sort of that well state of mind that you can basically apply yourself into a world in which you no longer need to contribute economically right and to be healthy because a lot of people define themselves through their work Mm. and their work is usually for money now in a world in which their work which will become spirituality and art over time is my theory um where there's no money on the other end of it how do you create value in what you're doing so this idea of creating value in a world in which we are not economically creating and creating or obtaining value how do we apply the value of what we do and who we are in a world in which there is no money at the other end of that contribution that is the question I'm thinking about, and that's the world in which I'm very optimistic. And to formally answer your question, I think we'll have an opportunity. I mean, Shabbos will be become a project. It'll become, how do I think about this day at every level? Right now, you think of Shabbos, and you're like, all right, I'm going to take a cursory approach. I'll show up at dinner. I'll turn off my phone and whatever. But imagine being able to really spend time sinking into the ideas of like the fabric of you, the what's important question. I think it'll allow people to go a lot deeper on these subjects as opposed to sort of where we are, which is like, how much time can I contribute in a world where I need to fill a lot of it by earning? I think it's a it's a remarkable um, thought because people are struggling with the future in a way that they've also never struggled before. They're, they have fears of uh, of global warming and climate change, and they have fears of uh, of of many outstanding issues about war and politics. And I think those issues are capable of being solved by by some of the brilliance and some of the development in our generation. We, When you say the future is going to have a lot to do with art, etc., for me, it's like, what is art? Art is the harnessing the power of creativity that the individual has. And the individual creativity within everybody is this source of unique unique identity and i think it's hard for people to understand unique identity in such a busy world and shabbos is all about your unique identity is self understood within yourself mm-hmm. you becoming comfortable with your uniqueness and that becoming a springboard to having more creative juices and power that's really the blessing of shabbos is that its context being different than the world is what allows you to get to places that you often can't get to. When you're really busy, it's like, what do artists have to do in order to have creative flow? Shabbos is to me one of those essential things where it takes you out, where people like, you know, the famous artists, they go record, they go out and they uh, find the cabin somewhere to write their music. 
or uh, or as our friend from Met, uh, uh, John Ham from Mad Men or Mad Mad Men, <laughs> been in Venice too long. Mad Men. He says, "What do I do when I'm trying to like be creative or come up with a commercial? I'll go and see a, a matinee, right? So you go and take your mind and put it elsewhere. People have all these different ways of getting inspiration. Inspiration is, you know, a fascinating subject in its own right, because as you're sort of describing, which I love, this idea of identity, um, that is a scary, very scary place. Because um, when do we, you know, how do we ever really know? And and and." I think that for me personally, like that idea of who I am and how I contribute because people want to be an asset, right? To the world, to the other, to the community, to groups. Um, and so I think our identities are often formed through being relevant, mm. uh, through being able to create some form of art because we are all artists. And that is, the def that is a defining characteristic of a human is our imagination. And so as we are all an artist, we do not all see ourselves that way. So back to the identity thing, right? How do we sort of then take an identity that right now is being comprised by and large, at least in the United States, as who am I to the economy? When that's no longer is a thing, we got a lot of other things to now have to think about because we're being indoctrinated to go to school, graduate, get a job. There's a, a rabbi in England, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, and he likes to say that what makes humans different than animals is that our language is different than animal language. Animals communicate, but humans talk about the future. Animals don't talk about the future. Humans right. talk about the future. Right. And every, in fact, most of our words are future tense. And so he has a book called Future Tense, all about this idea. Like uh, when God says to Moses, what's my name? I will be what I will be. That's my name. And that's I am what I am. I am what I am. God's saying like, I am what you'll see. Whatever I am, that's what I'll be, the future. You know what's funny? I have to say one other thing. That reminds me of a joke. Um, the the I think I may have seen this in a Broadway show. He, basically, he, he's talking about his sort of miserable acting career, this, this Broadway actor, you know, uh, hypothetically as the actor. And he says, he's, he's, someone's asking for advice of like, you know, how, how do I like tell people about what I'm doing when I haven't succeeded? He says, whatever is going on at that current time, just tell them that was the goal. Right? <laughs> so if you're a B-list actor not getting hired, my job was to be a B-list actor not getting hired. And I've, I've made it. Look at that. So, you know, whatever the, whatever the thing that's going on, just tell them that was the goal. So that's that kind of reminds me of it a little bit. Well, you have, you have Jews are somewhat experts into the future because we have an idea that we believe in messianism as imminently coming. And we're like imminently waiting for this shift. Right. And... Yes, people get caught up in messianism. Is it apocalypse? Is it a person on a white horse? Uh, what is, is it, it Donald Trump and the, uh, the president you know, in the Oval Office? Yeah, you know what? What is it? What is it? And I think the focus for the individual on messianism should be what Mashiach as a society looks like. What does it look like? The future society of a place of utopic connection, and that to me is like take for example health. In today's day and age, health is something that you don't feel. If somebody says, how are you? And you don't feel anything, you go, I'm doing great. And if you feel something, your arm, your leg, or something, well, I'm doing all right. My, I got a little ache, you know? But uh, so health doesn't feel like much. But deeper health should be feeling everything, like mm. really in touch with this incredible usage of self. And hence, today's exercises revolve around breath work and stretching and, 
you know, yoga practices, etc. And it infiltrated the whole health industry because it's about feeling this flow within self. Yeah. And the lowest level of soul, the way it merges with body, is called the biological soul, the nefesh. And that's where the spirit of who you are and the physical matter of who you are come together. Messianism is essentially just recognizing this compatibility of self-independent of a physical value and then physical value as an expression and vehicle of the power of creativity that you possess and it coming together. And if people just recognize that, they'd be able to recognize everything, all the energy pulsating within every part of the universe, how vegetation has emotion and how animals are not just food, but they are part of energy and consumption and related to your purpose in life and how you consume animals relates to the type of purpose you possess. And you stop seeing the world from a place of aggression and confrontation and all sharing the same pie because fundamentally we don't. As long as we're different from one another, we don't share from the same source. We're all we're all essentially in uniquely experiencing the source as an individual. So for me, Shabbos has become this catalyst towards what I love the most about Judaism, and that is the future. Mm. It's always about the future. And I love the future because it represents we could do what we're doing now, but better. Yeah, We can figure out what's wrong now and do it in a better form. And if people don't want to learn from it, well, we'll still have an opportunity because there'll still be a future. And I just don't believe in doomsday and the world ending or anything like that. I believe we always have Shabbos to reset and then give it a shot again. Right. I mean, Shabbos, uh, like I was saying earlier, and how we're sort of in this pursuit of truth and importance and all of that, we're also seemingly in this pursuit of like not having to work again, retirement. And if, if you think about it, like, Again, we're pursuing this day of rest, this ability to finally hang it all up. And you're basically, or what we're basically describing is the opportunity to, you know, why do you have to retire in 60 years? You could spend, you know, a seventh of your life in retirement, if you think about it. And retirement may be the wrong word, but in a way, we're like, we want to exist when we no longer need to be switched on in the way that we sort of are talking about switching off from, right? And so I think... Yeah, it, it, there's a there's a sort of I think in the in the future, right? Shabbos is sort of like what is going to be permanent state, right? The world of automation, the world in which we are no longer sort of needing to be plugged in all the way. When nothing is urgent. When nothing is urgent, we'll be focused on just what's right. important. So you know, I'll probably I I I'd make the same bet as you know Sean Combs the. You know, calling the the, the my ra I got I have an advisor. You know, he doesn't, but he doesn't pick up the phone on. At eh. call five hundred, I'm picking up. <laughs> I'm freaked out. Okay, okay? fair, fair. I'm all freaked right. out if you call. All right, I'll call you four hundred ninety nine times. Okay. Um, all right, yeah. So amazing. Well, thank you for coming on and having this conversation with me. Uh, it's one that we had at our table, so I think it's great that we have it now unrecorded on. Uh, on a Sunday instead of on a on a Saturday. That's true. So right there is our Shabbos mode of, That's right. of getting the engine going. And yes. I'm very excited for the future and for the future that you're going to have and we're going to have and uh, the people listening are going to have because I am really, really put a lot of stock in my internal optimism <laughs> as an individual. And uh, and it's and it's shown and I appreciate it and I'm excited as well. And uh, hopefully uh, well, this will be one of many conversations we'll have here. Thanks for joining us, Jack Dreyfus. Thank you. Lots of success in your startup. Appreciate it. Uh, welcome to Venice. You're here about a month, so welcome aboard. Yep. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate you uh, checking out the Rabbi Parrots podcast. Drop us a rating on Apple. Feel free to reach out to me at word at rabbiparrots.com. 
to ask questions. We are starting a new segment called Ask Parrots, where you can ask me anything, kind of like the Sex in the City column, and I will respond to your questions here. So looking forward to those. Have a wonderful week. Minutes. 